0: our Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers
1: podcast,
0: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What's up and welcome back to Crossover Wednesdays here on the Locked On Podcast Network brought to you by Mac Weldon. The opening week of the NFL is brought to you by Mac Weldon. MacWeldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. MacWeldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. Promo code LOCKEDON gets you 20% off at MacWeldon.com. I am James Yarko of the Locked On Bucks podcast, joined by Brian Peacock of the Locked On 49ers podcast. How
0: you doing, buddy? How you doing, my man? I'm excited to talk Bucks 49ers because there's real football about to happen. No more of this. Uh, what could happen? It's like, oh, what is actually happening? It's real football. So I'm pumped. Week one going to Tampa Bay. It's going to be a good matchup and uh, I can't wait. Yeah, and we're definitely not short on
1: storylines by any means heading into this game. And of course, the big one is the homecoming right out of the gate for linebacker Quan Alexander. So for those that haven't followed along from from the Buccaneers fandom, how has Quan been looking in training camp and in the preseason, and kind of how
0: is he taking to this this 49ers life? You know, he hasn't been doing much at all because he was coming off of that ACL injury, and he finally made an appearance week three of the preseason against Kansas City and made his first uh, on-field Appearance and I think the thing that really stood out to me, and I'm I'm sure you already know this, is I didn't realize the energy he brought. Like, Mm -hmm. audibly hear him on the broadcast screaming after every play, and I don't know if it's because he's back on the field for the first time and coming back off the injury, so he's extra excited. But he was completely amped up, and Fred Warner playing next to him, who's probably one of the most underrated players in the league. Nobody really talks about. I think I expect big things from Fred Warner, so I'm really liking what I'm seeing just from an energy level and. I loved seeing because Fred Warner is a pretty under control guy. guys, a very cerebral player, very smart uh, middle linebacker. So to see those two guys feed off each other was really fun. And I think they're going to be active, a dynamic pair. And I liked what I saw from, uh, you know, look, looked a little bit like, you know, uh, maybe almost too amped up, like, okay, slow it down. Let's read, react and go play football. But uh, I loved the energy level from Quan Alexander. I think he's gonna be a nice, nice fit there at weak side linebacker.
1: Yeah, that, that pretty much sounds like Quan.
0: Uh and of course the, the Niners have had
1: some some other injury issues. Of course, uh Bosa has been held out for for the majority of, of this preseason with an injury. How is he looking? Is he gonna be good to go for week one? Is is this something the Buccaneers fans are gonna have to dread
0: a little bit? Yeah, the injury happened August seventh, so it's almost exactly a month, and it was about a four-week recovery. He's back at practice this week, came back Monday, and he looks good at practice, so everything is on pace for him to play Sunday in week one. So that's great news. And uh, the thing with Nick Bosa is he's had the best reports out of training camp of any player defensively that the 49ers have had going back to uh, Patrick Willis and Alden Smith and all of the big fantastic rookies that the 49ers had in their heyday a few years back. He's been as good as all of them in practice and just insanely rave reviews about how good of a player he was. It was from day one when he stepped on the practice field. So staying healthy is the key for Nick Bosa. And if he is healthy for 16 games, I expect a huge year and defensive rookie of the year consideration. That's how good of a player I think he'll be for the 49ers and much needed to have some juice off the edge. Uh, of that defense. Now week one, I don't know if they will let him play a full workload. He might be maybe only a passing down situation just because they don't want to overuse him coming back from that high ankle sprain. But right now he's on schedule to play week one. All right. Well, I will be slightly terrified. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And we'll, we'll get into the matchup of,
1: of the Niners defensive line against the Bucks offensive line here in a little bit. Uh, uh, last season, you know, the the year was a bit derailed with the injury to Jimmy Garoppolo now, the 49ers defense is definitely a formidable crew. How is the offense looking? You know, I'm one of those guys that I'm not sold on Jimmy G. I haven't been sold on Jimmy G. So maybe you can convince me to uh to come over to that side of the fence, but I love I love the running backs. I'm a huge Matt Barita fan. I absolutely love that kid. Same. yeah, one of the best tight ends in the game. Uh you know, what what do you see for the uh, the 49ers offense to kick off this season.
0: Yeah, the the 49ers offense, I think you said it because it's, you, it's hard for someone on the outside looking in. It's even hard for someone really close to the team to know exactly what the identity is because we still haven't seen it. And we don't know what Jimmy Garoppolo is yet. We've seen flashes. He showed up and won five games like it was nothing when the 49ers couldn't buy a victory for the rest of the season leading up to that. So that was what got everybody excited last year. Once he had the weight of Kyle Shanahan's foot on his shoulders, he wasn't quite in midseason form yet when he got hurt in Kansas City week three. Now he's been out and had a really rough preseason game coming back from injury and then looked a lot better in week three in Kansas City getting sacked once. So living through that, I think that was a huge hurdle for Jimmy Garoppolo, which we really needed to see. Uh, But yeah, we don't really know what the identity is going to be yet. Kyle Shanahan offenses are always really good at running the ball. And if you haven't had your fantasy football draft yet, you probably had it over the the last weekend. But Matt Breida is the guy to own. And he might not be the, the starter week one. I think it's going to be, at least if you go by what we saw in the preseason, it was Coleman and Breida about a 60-40 share with Coleman being 1A, Breida being 1B. But Breida is just clearly better. And so I think by the end of the season, we're going to see that flip. And it still might only be a 60-40 flip, but it's going to be Matt Breida. I think it's going to... Get the rock more just because he's better and the, and the ball moves better when he's in there. But Jimmy Garoppolo, even with only eight starts under his belt, he's six and two. And when you compare that to other quarterbacks that were playing on the same roster, the same years with the same talent, CJ Beathard's one and nine. So that's the difference in going from CJ Beathard to Jimmy Garoppolo. So it, the the key to this season is is Garoppolo being healthy, having another year in Shanahan's playbook, and then. The question now is who's going to be the number one receiver? Well, the number one receiver is probably going to be a tight end in George Kittle, as you mentioned, one of the best tight ends in the league. So that's going to be something that's uh, targeted heavily from the start. But who's going to step up on the outside? I think the 49ers expected it to be Dante Pettis. It hasn't quite happened yet. A little bit of a a sophomore slump for Pettis leading into this season, and he's been called out by his coach. They want to see a more aggressive player. They want to see him play with more uh, urgency. But even if Pettis kind of slides into even a number three role and disappoints a little bit. You still have the rookie Debo Samuel, who at some point I fully expect to be a starter and a high impact player, even if he's not a big part of the game plan in week one. Watch out for him when he's in the game on reverses, though, by the way. He's going to get the ball handed to him at least one time in week one. And he's been really good at that in the preseason so far. And then you have the speedster in, uh, in Marquise Goodwin out there on the other side. So the identity is yet to show itself for the 49ers, but there's enough talent and it's still developing, and we'll see what that is. And I think we'll learn a lot more on Sunday.
1: Yeah. And those, uh, <clears throat> those handoffs to, to wide receivers are something that the Buccaneers have definitely had some problems with in the, in the recent past. Hopefully Todd Bowles gets that fixed. But yeah, I, uh, I might be chewing my fingernails down a little
0: bit as soon as I see Debo get a handoff. Yeah. And, and he runs like a man and, and he's, and he's exactly the opposite and exactly what, Shanahan had talked about he wanted to see in Dante Pettis and I think that's why he targeted players like Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd in the draft he wanted players who were physical and went out there and he got the name Debo for a reason that's not his real name that was his nickname because he was stealing kids toys on the block back at home so that's just the mentality he plays with the ball's his when it's in the air and he runs with power and he's built kind of like a running back so I'm excited to see Debo Samuel even if I don't think he's going to be starting in week one at some point this year he will be a starter and uh and And I think he could be a dynamic player for the 49ers. But still some questions on how that offense is going to look and where in his development and under Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy Garoppolo is because he didn't get that full year that he needed last year in the system. And so hopefully just taking mental reps and being around the team was enough to have him really be in full control of that offense.
1: Yeah, and and before we we move on and and flip it over to the Buccaneers, why don't you give the Buccaneers – Fan listeners. Um, uh, give us one name on offense and one name on defense to really keep an eye on that's not, you know, the the George Kittles and the the Nick Bosa's or or D Fords of the world.
0: Yeah, I would say offensively keep an eye on the 49ers offensive line because I think on paper they're returning all five starters, but Joe Staley got beat a couple times in the preseason and he did get a new two-year contract extension, but he's not the youngest guy. So Uh, I would be worried a little bit about the older guys on the 49ers that most fans are probably like, okay, good. You plug in Joe Staley over here, at left tackle, you plug in Richard Sherman over here at cornerback. And those two players are set and they're solid and they're going to be their great selves forever. At some point they're going to start falling off. So I would just keep an eye on them and see if they are still the guys that they were. And I don't, I'm not saying that I don't think they are because I haven't seen that, but you know, Joe Staley I beat a couple times and that offensive line worries me a little bit because there's not a ton of depth. And if, either Staley or McGlinchey get hurt. The offensive tackle depth is not good, and it's not good around the league, so the 49ers aren't alone in that. And then Weston Richburg at center is coming off an injury, and he still hasn't seen the field yet, and he might get his first action uh, in week one and get the start there because he just came back from his knee injury that he's been dealing with. All He played through it last year, and and, um, he's finally back from that. And so offensive line, I'm a little bit worried about, even though I think on paper it looks good, there is still some question marks there. Uh, up front so that's what I'd be looking at if I was uh, looking at the 49ers and trying to figure out what's going on there and of course Matt Breida is going to be the guy George Kittle is going to be the guy you don't have to worry about them at all um, actually and real quick on the defense side of the ball I mentioned him already but Fred Warner Fred Warner is one of the very good young linebackers in the league and I think this year you might start to get some recognition most guys who come from day one and our starters and play as well as he did last year, get a lot of pub, but for some reason, nobody's talking about him, I guess, cause there's so many other storylines going on with the 49ers, but Fred Warner is a player to watch. He's a, he's a stud in my opinion. Long day at work, still stuck at the office, open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are right now. Our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more When you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. It's time to celebrate. Football is finally back and DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football, has huge week one contests. The first one starts this Thursday night when Chicago and Green Bay kick off the season in a single-game showdown with $2.5 million in total prizes up for grabs. Draft your single-game showdown lineup and feel the sweat like never before It's simple. Just draft six players from the season opener, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Plus, new users who sign up today on DraftKings using code LOCKEDON will receive a free shot at the $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game like having a shot at a million dollar payday. Get in on the season opener action. Download the DraftKings app now and use code LockedOn. For a limited time, both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to five hundred dollars. And new users don't miss the extra special week one bonus. Enter my code locked on to get a free shot at one million dollars with your first deposit. That's code locked on only at DraftKings. Make it rain. You know the big news at uh,
1: you know, around the Buccaneers world is that Vita Vea and Levante David, both who missed the majority of uh, training camp in the preseason. Levante had a a procedure done on his knee, Vita Veo with the uh, ankle issue. Um... Yeah, they they returned to practice, and Levante was talking about you know his as he calls him his little brother Quan coming back to town, and they're both really excited to face each other. But that was something that that the Buccaneers were really kind of concerned about was were they going to have Levante David and Vita Vea ready for Week One, and it, it appears that both of them will be playing. They they released their uh, first initial depth chart today. Vita Ve is listed as the starting nose tackle. Levante's listed, of course, as a starter next to Devin White at inside linebacker. So, you know, there, there's a couple of of run stoppers right there to get ready for uh for Matt Barita and Tevin Coleman.
0: Yeah, that running game and uh the the Shanahan wide zone is a fun one because it just seems to get everybody and and the one thing that it hasn't been able to do for the 49ers is get points on the board. So the 49ers have been able to put up yards and not put the ball in the end zone. And when things get condensed down at the goal line, that's where, you know, you've got big guys like Vita Vea taking up space inside and, and some range in your linebacking group. And it's, it's, it makes things a lot more difficult to run the ball than it does in between the twenties. So that's definitely something I'd be looking at with the 49ers running the ball. Uh, at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, but one thing I am very interested in, I think one of the, the key matchups for the 49ers that they have to win coming into this, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, I, I would feel like that the 49ers defensive front with their size, their athleticism, adding Nick Bosa in the offseason, adding D. Ford in the offseason to give him speed off the edge, to go with Buckner inside, to go with Solomon Thomas, who's going to move around and be rushing from the interior a lot, and Eric Armstead, and got five first-round picks there on the defensive front. What is that what is the shape of the Tampa Bay offensive line that's going to be facing the strength of the 49ers team right now, which is that defensive front?
1: Um, if the preseason game against the Cleveland Browns, who I would argue have the best front seven in the NFL, if that game is any indication, uh, Jameis Winston is going to be looking at the blue sky of of Tampa, Florida a lot. um. Here's the thing about the offensive line. They are not great. I would say that they are certainly average, but when you're going up against an above average front seven like the 49ers, there are some problems there. So it's going to they're gonna have to, to rely heavily on OJ Howard being able to help out with pass blocking. And of course, if he's helping out with with blocking, he's not out there to catch passes, which takes away a huge weapon. But that's why you need guys like Peyton Barber and Dare Agunbawale out there to help pick up blitzes and give Jameis just a little bit more time. You know, Ronald Jones is not a a pass blocker by any means. And uh, and Dare's not great, but he's not terrible. He's definitely not as bad as Ronald Jones is. Um, It's going to have to be a lot of running the ball, you know, attacking you know, an aggressive defense with the running game. A lot of quick, short, high percentage passes to uh, you know, to allow them to move the ball without Jameis getting completely blasted from every direction. This offensive line has a lot of work to do. And facing off against the Niners week one is, is not an ideal situation for that offensive line, but they have what they have. You 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 kind of have to do the best you can with it. So I think the game plan is definitely going to be attack them with with the run game and then quick short passes to guys like of course Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh you know, Cameron Braid is still there. They have a uh, a speedster rookie wide receiver in Scotty Miller who can take a a 3-yard slant 70 yards in the blink of an eye. So that's going <clears> to <throat> excuse me. That's going to have to be the attack plan unless they want to see Jameis just get completely bludgeoned all afternoon.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. And and that's a smart way to play it. And my question would be, and it's the reason I wanted to highlight that matchup is because it's so important on multiple levels, because if the 49ers are able to stop the run first and and in you know, in, in down and distance situations that allows them to go after Jameis Winston, Bruce Arians offense is in the past. And I don't know if you have a really good feel about what the offense is going to look like right now for the Bucs but he likes a lot of five-step drops, seven-step drops, and chuck the ball down the field a little bit, which would be a strength of Jameis Winston's if he's able to stay upright and not have pass rushers in his face. And with with those weapons on the outside, uh, if they are able to stay blocked, that would be the other matchup I'm thinking about is that secondary for the 49ers, which there are still some young developing players there and some questions. And last year, they couldn't cover anybody opposite Richard Sherman's side. And so... um if they if he does have time and they are able to run the ball slow down that pass rush of the 49ers and and get the ball down the field to mike evans and chris godwin and oj howard over the middle uh that would be where i i think the the bucks could have a win on the 49ers potentially depending on how that secondary has developed for the 49ers and they've shown signs of being much better this year but we'll see we still want to see it on the field but that's why the the matchup up front is so important because the Bucs need to get to that point where they can take advantage with their weapons on the outside. And my question there would be, uh, well, there's two questions. First, how is that Arian's offense or uh, if it's even Arian's offense anymore, because I know he's not officially the offensive coordinator there in Tampa. And secondary question would be, tell me about Chris Godwin. Are we finally going to see that Godwin breakout season in 2019? Well, the – Here's the thing about the Bruce
1: Arians offense. It's definitely still an, an Arians offense. And uh, you know, Byron Leftwich will be the one calling plays. But, you know, this is this is based off of Bruce's initial quote unquote system. He doesn't really have a system. He he preaches that his system is his players. But this is a playbook that was created by both Bruce and Byron and I'm sure Jameis had had some input as to what plays are going to help him out and and what he's comfortable doing so it's going to be playing to the the strength of of his team and yeah that will include some five seven step drops letting it fly you know they have speedy guys in Perryman and Scotty Miller yeah his Jameis gets knocked a lot for his his deep ball accuracy but you go back and you watch the past couple of years when he's throwing deep balls to Mike Evans and Bobo Wilson and uh, and Chris Godwin, he connects. He got a bad rap because he couldn't connect with Deshaun Jackson, and I think that's because there was a problem with a, a relationship connection, not just on the field, but off. Um, so they're going to pick their spots, and they're still going to take their shots, but yeah, it's it's going to have to be very very selective. And of course, we all know that Bruce is the type of guy that he doesn't care if it's 3rd and 1, you know, if if Jamus has Mike Evans, you know, against Richard Sherman one-on-one, he'll throw a 40-yard pass on 3rd and 1. Uh you know, the last time that that Evans faced Richard Sherman, you know, he he finished the day with eight receptions, 104 yards and two touchdowns. So there's no fear whatsoever if sherman is the guy lined up across for mike evans um as far as chris godwin is concerned look you you are talking to somebody who is all in on hashtag 12 season this (laughs) is going to be godwin's breakout party i have been on record both on the locked on bucks podcast and at Bucksnation.com that i believe the bucks We'll have three 1,000-yard receivers, and that will be Evans, Godwin, and O.J. Howard, given if they all stay healthy. Um, Chris Godwin could be a number 1 receiver for five or six other teams right now today. And the fact that he's paired up with a, in my opinion, top five receiver in the NFL— is only going to create more opportunity for him because now the defense is. You, you have to pick your poison. Are you going to focus on shutting down Mike Evans for the day? Well, that's going to leave Chris Godwin and OJ Howard, you know, with single coverage. And OJ Howard's a human mismatch. So now, if you have to put a linebacker on Howard and bring in safety help, well, now you got Chris Godwin one-on-one, who had the best contested catch rate of any wide receiver in his draft class. The guy is an absolute stud and he is going to explode. So if you are waiting to do your fantasy draft until I guess today, since you know we have a game tomorrow, uh, yeah, draft Chris Godwin because yeah. he's going to score you and lots freedom. and lots of points.
0: Put those guys on your fantasy football team. I do have Godwin on one of my teams. And uh, if you're a member of either draft Twitter or fantasy football Twitter, there is a lot of uh, love for Chris Godwin out there. In fact, I saw one person say that the good god above actually saw into the future and named himself after Chris Godwin. That's how much love there is <laughs> for the talent Chris Godwin and expecting that breakout in 2019.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I I was really excited when he was drafted and <clears throat> now that he's not having to battle for time with um you know diva Jackson uh, he's going to get his fair share, and he's he's really going to take advantage of the situation. Bruce Arians said during training camp that Chris Godwin will never come off the field.
0: We've got to take a break here. I want to let you guys know about Greg's Tax Service, an honest, straightforward tax company that's been in the business for 25 years. They can help with all of your tax problems, back taxes, unfiled returns, audit representation, you name it, Greg's Tax Service has you covered. Find out more at gregstaxservice.com. It's a new season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell is on the Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. The one thing that hasn't changed is where I'm putting my money on the games. MyBookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book. period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. MyBookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Up to $1,000 first deposit bonus. Double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on when creating your account to claim the bonus bet, win, get paid. Real quick, James, I got a question long term about Jameis Winston. And for those 49ers fans listening to this show, I'm sure you've talked a lot about his future, but what does Jameis Winston have to do to earn that mega contract and stay in Tampa forever? He's just, he has to be smart, he has to make better decisions. And we've
1: seen we've actually seen flashes of it in the preseason. I know it's kind of crazy to talk about how a smart decision is taking a sack. But, you know, I'll point to the Cleveland game again. He was sacked five times in one half two years ago. Even last year, Jameis under that kind of pressure would have been just throwing balls up for grabs, forcing passes, trying to get rid of the ball and turning it over. This year's Jameis will tuck and take the sack and live to play another down. He will scramble and pick up three or four yards and get out of bounds and live to play another down. So I'm hoping that that maturity is going to continue to spill over into the regular season. He won't regress into some old habits where he just tries to do too much. And Bruce Arians even said it. He said, we don't need Jameis to be Superman. He wants to be Superman out there. He wants to make every play. He feels like the entire game is on his shoulders and we don't need that from him. We have to put a better team around him. We have to give him a running game. We have to give him a defense and they've done those things. Um, A lot of people are still questioning the run game. I have all the faith in the world in Peyton Barber, given the opportunity. He played really well last year under Dirk Cutter until Cutter would stop letting him have the ball. So, uh, and, and with Todd Bowles running the defense, if the Buccaneers just had an average defense, even if they were ranked 20th in the NFL last year, you're talking about three more wins. You're talking about a 500 season. But this defense has been so historically bad that any time the Bucks had the ball, if they didn't score, they knew that the hole was going to get dug deeper because the defense couldn't stop a nosebleed with a hospital full of gauze. <laughs> so, you know, Jameis can, can finish the season, yeah, or the Bucks can finish the season seven and nine and Jameis can get that contract if he shows the intelligence and the wherewithal to just be a smarter quarterback and, and make better on-the-field decisions and, and not be so up and down. We don't need a, a four-touchdown game and then a four-interception game. There has to be a happy medium, and, and with that, it's going to turn into wins. So I'm actually pretty confident that Jameis will become the first quarterback the Buccaneers have ever drafted to get a second contract and it wouldn't surprise me in the least if it happens during the season rather than before the season is over well and as we're recording I don't know if you saw it or not a division rival of yours Jared Goff
0: has has agreed to a four-year extension breaking news I don't have a sound effect for it. here we go no, that didn't work. I, I don't have any sound effects <laughs> for the for the for the breaking news. I love breaking news on the show. Okay, so Jared Goff. Uh, do we have numbers? Uh, no
1: numbers. It just said that, uh, and this was from. I was getting notifications from both Rappaport and Schefter, so I don't remember who said it. But he's. It looks like he's going to be locked up to be their quarterback through twenty twenty four. Four year, yeah, just a, a uh, four year extension, uh, 30 tying him to the for team year. for. For yeah, the
0: next six years. What what was that? A thirty-two mil per year. Here, this is from uh, Ian Rappaport. Thirty-two mil for four years. Big deal. It's a big contract. Jameis is gonna have to money. try to go over that. I'm guessing. Smart move. Get it done first. You know, honestly, and, and I early. I know a lot
1: of people want to believe that their their players will do this, but I truly, truly believe that Jameis is going to be the kind of quarterback that isn't going to try to get the top dollar deal. He's going to try to leave some money on the table because he knows that they have guys that they have to resign coming up, and and they're in such a, a cap crunch that I could see yeah. Jameis taking a a three or four year deal in the twenty four to twenty eight. Range, rather than trying to top that 30 number and say, look, you know, we have to make sure that we can pay uh, O.J. Howard here soon. We have to make sure that we can pay, uh, you know, um, Devin White here in a few years. We got to make sure I, Chris Godwin is only going to have one year left on his deal. He's going to have to get re-signed. So I can see James Godwin. being the guy that that leaves some money
0: on the table. Yeah, Godwin's going to be the highest paid receiver in the league, right? When he's up. uh, ooh, I don't oh, know. No. After is that he, next is, breakout that's coming right now, is he? I don't think he can get more than Mike.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Mike Evans has has over a thousand yards every year of
0: his career, oh, yeah. and and Godwin hasn't topped it once. So I don't think he's going to get Mike money. <laughs> I like uh, no. I, you're speaking to the choir there. There, I love me some uh, Mike Evans, but uh um I still I do love. I love the idea of the Godwin breakout, finally. And everyone's going to be very excited about it on Twitter that's been Team Godwin for so long, waiting for that breakout to happen. I guess we got to do a little bit of a prediction here, right? Absolutely. And you know what? Uh, you are the away team, so okay. I will give you honors to to go first. Uh, being the away team has been rough for the 49ers. Actually, we got to go back to 2017 for the 49ers to have a road win. It was uh, actually Jimmy Garoppolo showed up, won three games of those five games he won at the end of 2017 were road games. And last year, the 49ers went zero and eight on the road. But a lot of that was without Jimmy Garoppolo And that first, uh, those two matchups were very tough matchups against the Minnesota Vikings and the Kansas city chiefs where those losses came under Jimmy Garoppolo. So, uh, I, I am going to say that the 49ers do get off the schneid on the road and are able to beat the Buccaneers. Buccaneers gave up the most points in the NFC last year, so hopefully the 49ers can muster enough points offensively against that Bucks defense and are able to pressure Jameis Winston all day, make life difficult there, maybe even get a turnover, of which they only had three interceptions all season last year, and uh, come away with the win, I'm going to say 27-24. Squeaking out of there with a Robbie Gold field goal, 49ers over the Bucks.
1: All right. <clears throat> now, you, you, you mentioned at the beginning of the show watching Quan Alexander in preseason and being able to hear him audibly yell on the broadcast because he was so excited. Yeah. <laughs> There's one thing Buccaneers fans know. It's when Quan gets excited, he makes mistakes. Up. Okay. Yeah, he, can, he can be a little over-aggressive, he can over-pursue, and not only is he returning to the NFL, but he's returning to the team that would not pay him in their home stadium, and I have a feeling it's going to lead to a few mistakes on Quan Alexander's part as far as the defense, what we saw from the Buccaneers' defense in preseason isn't anything close to what we are going to see from the Buccaneers' defense in the regular season. Todd Bowles loves to bring pressure from all different angles. He will blitz any and everyone on that team, and I think the Bucs start off on a strong note. Give me
0: the Bucs 30-23. to 23. One thing that... Uh, I do like for the 49ers that's in their favor that was surprising when I first uh, saw the schedule, and apparently it's because is there a, there's a concert going on the night before. Is that what it is, why it's a 1 o'clock Pacific time start like it usually would be if this game was happening on the West Coast? There is a concert happening on
1: Sunday right before the game. Tim Bad McGraw day. will be performing. It is free admission for anyone who has tickets to the game that you get a Tim McGraw concert oh. before kickoff and that's part of the the NFL 100 promotion you know set up by the NFL that that some of these uh
0: some of these games are going to have pregame concerts by some some major names. And the 49ers get to wear their whites in that humid heat. Do we have a temperature yet for Sunday?
1: Uh I, I honestly I have no idea but by four o'clock, you know when when you're kicking off, chances are we're going to run into some sort of of weather delay because it'll storm around the end of the third, beginning of the fourth quarter. Um, I think at this point it it really isn't going to matter much. Yeah, okay. it's it's something that that gets emphasized a lot, but at the end of the day, you know the difference between wearing white and red isn't that different. <laughs> Whereas you know if you're making the Saints wear their black uniforms, you know that that can have a little bit of an effect, but I don't think it'll have any any impact on the outcome of the game.
0: I'm looking at it right now, it looks like a partly cloudy 88 degrees, so I think everyone's going to be okay with that. It's been, I'm sure, nearing 100, been mid-90s a lot in the Santa Clara area for the 49ers at practice, so they're going to be okay. They're going to be used to some uh, weather, maybe not quite the the humidity, but uh, yeah, I, I think that might be overblown. I think the 1 o'clock start's a bigger deal for the 49ers just to get that little extra bit of rest as they normally would in a West Coast start. Yeah, yeah, that's a great
1: point. So, and you know, that I I I hate when they schedule these 4:30 games for for the Bucks in Tampa, you know, in September and October because it you do get that daily rainstorm and, and it has led to lightning delays and yeah, you know, I remember a few years ago against the Broncos, there was a a 25 or 30 minute delay with two minutes left in the game and the the bucks just lost all the momentum that they had marching down the field and ended up losing so prepare yourself for uh maybe some sloppy
0: football there towards the end if it if it starts pouring down and with how little the starters played in the preseason it might be a little bit sloppy already so let's just bring the rain and just have a slop fest and see what happens yeah i i'm i'm all in (laughs) (laughs) just make sure it counts it's
1: real football that's what really matters at this point all right. Well, excited to get the season kicked off, excited to get, uh, you know, regular season crossover Wednesday episodes kicked
0: off. And and Brian, I certainly appreciate some of your time tonight. Oh yeah. Anytime. Great talking to you and uh, good luck to uh, you the rest of the way. And uh, congrats on all your success there with the podcast. I know the numbers are growing. Yeah. You as well, sir. You as well. And of course, Everyone can check out
1: everything Brian is doing over at the Locked On 49ers podcast and follow him on Twitter at BDPeacock. You can check out everything that I'm doing over at BucksNation.com and follow along on Twitter at lockedonbucks at JayArco underscore bucks and at bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have a wonderful Wednesday, and thank you so much for joining us right here Crossover Wednesdays.